Hello and welcome to a very uh, season three ending episode. Three, four? What I, is it? I don't know. Four, five? I think, or five. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> better try. Say something interesting. <laughs> this is the follow-up <laughs> podcast from East Lake Tri-Cities. My name is Brennan, I'm the teaching pastor at East Lake. With me is my friend, Megan. Hello. And uh, it is it is it is definitely summertime. It is yeah. August first. We are recording this on a Monday. You're about to go camping. No, you're about to go <laughs> out of town. Yep, for a conference. A conference in San Diego. No, nope. in Oklahoma, <laughs> in Tulsa, in, in Vancouver, Washington. Vancouver, that's what I said. <laughs> Vancouver, Washington, uh, and uh, this is when we typically take a little bit of a break. Uh, we take August off, come back in September, and relaunch this thing uh, with another new season. And yeah. uh, so this is our big kind of farewell episode for a few weeks, even though I feel like we've taken <laughs> we several took weeks several off. weeks off already. But, but we're okay. back, and we're consistent. This is two weeks in a row for us. Maybe three. Is <laughs> it three two weeks? weeks in two row. weeks. In a row. Um, and so it's good. It's it's very good. Megan, how are you? I'm doing all right. How was boat race weekend for you? I mean, I didn't attend. Did you see the planes? Uh, nope, didn't even hear him because I live in Richland now. Oh, I heard them once, but I live in Richland now. Yeah. When I lived in Kennewick, I lived... You saw bougie in Richland over here. I don't think you could qualify my house as bougie, but, um, when I lived in Kennewick, I could hear the boats and the planes. Well, you have three pools, so, like, (laughs) let's talk about, (laughs) like, the level of life that you live. The lies, the lies, the lies. So, yeah, I didn't even really hear any of it. Did you go to art in the park or any antiques in the park? Nope. It was so flipping hot. It was really hot. And I was like, I'm staying inside. Good for you. Air conditioner hold up okay? Yeah, it did pretty well. That's good. I think Saturday, it I have it set at like 76 right now. Okay. And Saturday, it it's was like... a like, sauna for your cats? Okay. No, they get kind of cold. Cats are yeah. like... Cats like neutral temperature is like 80 degrees. Yeah. But on Saturday, it was like afternoon, it was like 78 yeah. Like consistent and like running pretty hard. But other than that, it's been pretty good. So. Good. Good. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it was really, really hot. I took the boys fishing on Friday, did a little bass fishing, and then Saturday we did all day at the boat race. Not all day, but like a big chunk of the day at the boat races. Um, because we just uh, we stopped we had like friends over here and then they had a booth and so we'd walk down to this one then we'd raid their uh water you know <laughs> supply and then we'd go down to this one we raid their water supply and yeah. go down we took the kids down to the pits and got them to see the, all the stuff nice and then it's the long walk back to the the car the parking lot that was just brutal it yeah. was just really hot you're on pavement yep i drank so much water Good and it you. still wasn't enough yeah it still was like <laughs> I, I, my body was like you need it but there's nowhere to put it. You know what I mean? Like we're sweating it out as fast as it comes. But yeah, I got home from that and was just like heat exhaustion, just yeah. like laid on my bed. Did you take a cold shower? I should have. That's what I should have done. Yeah. But I was too tired to like move that direction. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, it was it was it was a lot. Yeah. But... I've uh I've been taking cool showers. I like to start hot and like clean myself and then end my shower cold, just mm. like standing cold water. Yeah. Suck all of the heat out of my body. Did you, have you ever done? Did you do ice baths like nope. in school? No, no. No, I wasn't around. an athlete, so wasn't into that. But. Yeah, yeah. There's some cool research. Though. I was telling someone else about this recently. Um, most of it's anecdotal, but about like cold water immersion and its like benefits in like body regulation and like particularly like mental health. So there's like a physio. There's like genuine physiological benefits to cold water immersion. And a lot of people with really severe mental health issues like bipolar or depression or anxiety um, who have like reached the limits of medicine and have started doing cold water immersion, it's like helped them start to be able to regulate themselves better. 
I think they still take medicine, but like the cold water immersion helps just like helps them, their body like function better and do all those things. And I think that's really interesting. For so, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I know when it's really, really hot, when you hit that cold water, it does kind of feel like your brain fog is clearing a little bit. Yeah. You're like, oh, I can like function better. We uh, we went over <laughs> to somebody's pool on Sunday after church. Was it like a bath? It was not even about. It was like a hot tub. Oh geez. They are their first year pool owners, and so they've just been keeping the lid on the top on the on the oh, on no. the thing. And it was a hundred degrees. A <gasps> hundred. The water was a hundred. It was no! ninety eight out. It was, oh, it was no. colder outside than it was in the oh, water. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's still fun. The kids had a great time. The yeah. kids didn't care because they're just in there. But like as adults, you go down there and you're like. The only refreshing part of this is when I come out of the water yeah, for like the, a yeah. couple of minutes where it's like a little bit of a breeze. Yeah, and I get a little evaporation. Yeah, and so we're working on it. It's but it's a really nice pool. Mm. I mean, it is awesome. But well, cool. you know, yeah, it is. I I can't imagine. It is hard right now. I know a lot of these people yeah. are like, I just there's no. It doesn't cool down at night. Like, yeah. Yeah, to get down to eighty five at night. You know I know I mean? it's like seventy or whatever. I'm mean, yesterday. I actually I got up early and before church I went out and mowed my lawn and I was like, are my neighbors gonna hate me for mowing? That's my what lawn Kylie's been. Yeah, at she, Kylie mows in the our morning. lawn and she uh, is up early to be yeah. able to go do this, <laughs> which is smart because yesterday. But it was like yesterday. I I was out there at seven thirty and it was seventy five degrees. Yeah. And it was like 85 by the, it takes me like an hour. And yeah. it was like 85 by the time I was done. And I was Well, like, you have three acres to mow. You Again, you live in a mansion with three pools and, and three acres of grass. So it does take you a long time to mow, I understand. <laughs> I changed the car, the oil in my wife's car yesterday in the direct, not direct sunlight, but in outside direct heat at like, I don't know, four or something like that. Poor choice. And I was underneath the vehicle that had just been running. And I was oh. like. Man, I'm getting dizzy under here. It's really <laughs> hot. <laughs> this is a bad choice. Uh, but once you start that process, yeah, you gotta just once you've go. started draining oil, yeah. you have to finish. You're going to yeah. be like, well, I'll get this tomorrow. Yeah, No, it has to be done. It's done. I got my oil changed on Friday, but Smart. I didn't do it myself. Yeah. I took it to Valvoline. Smart. And they had a lot of people in line. I so bet they did. Yeah. Yeah. And those poor guys, they looked really hot. Oh, that's a <laughs> tough job, man. There are a lot of people right now doing some tough job. Because yeah. I walked, uh, again, uh, up, the, up that Kennewick side of boat races and watched all these people in like these food trucks over mm-hmm. these grills, like doing tacos, doing whatever else. And you're going, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. If you're serving ice cream, that's one thing, right? That's got to be, it's probably cool in that shit. Yeah. You're not like creating heat to like Correct. cook something. Yeah. But like these guys, are, I don't care if you have a fan in there, you know? Although, like, Whatever freezer you have your, like, because, you know, my refrigerator is hot right now. Like, if I walk by my refrigerator, yeah. it's hot because it's working pretty hard to keep everything inside cool. Right. So even, like, an ice cream truck, right, the ambient temperature in the truck has got to be warmer because you have all these freezers just kicking out heat yeah. like crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, our friend Chris, uh, Hot Mess, yeah. they went to mornings last week, and then... Uh, um, ended up closing early pretty much every day and didn't even open on Saturday because, you know, it was like 150 in their truck yeah. by noon. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, please don't stay exactly. in there. <laughs> like <laughs> One, for your health. <laughs> yeah. Two, for my health because your sweat is probably dripping down into my burger <laughs> and I don't want to eat that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, anyways, that's good. 
Uh, all right. On Sunday, we continued our Ashes, Ashes, We All Fall Down series. Uh, it's a series on mortality and uh, had, a, had a couple of quotes from uh, Julian Barnes in there and just some thoughts on the sanctity of death. We, we oftentimes can associate in the conversation about uh, all the things political, the sanctity of life at the beginning of life and when does that start and blah, blah, blah. But there is also a, a strong sanctity to death as well and uh, a Christian approach to death should include an awareness that, you know, the battle to live at any cost comes with its pros and its cons. And at some point, the line is there. And I don't want to tell you when that is, uh, but like through the advice of your doctors, through the advice of your loved ones, like it's okay. It's like when you can look at it and say, I've lived a pretty dang good life. I've got my doctors telling me I've got uh, months to live. And if I do this, extra aggressive, ultra aggressive treatment, I might get an extra month out of it. Is that worth it for mm-hmm. my last few months? And you get to make that, uh, you, you know, that decision with the wisdom of your, of your, of your closest loved ones and, and what do we want to do? And, and I, I think that God is honored with a life that's been well lived and is not like, no, if you're a Christian, you have to fight at all costs. I just don't think that that's true. And I want to beat that sort of narrative out of us and, and out of our mindset um, because I think that that's an un... Um, like, because I, 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 I brought this, or I, I remember thinking through this and reading through this a, a while back when it was, um, when there was a an issue, not an issue, but um, the physician-assisted suicide stuff in Oregon was going on. Brittany Maynard was somebody who had traveled from a different state that didn't allow it into Oregon to do it, and there was a bunch of controversy reading over, over that. I just remember reading through that as I read through that um, on mortality, or, uh, or uh, what was it called? Uh, being mortal. Mortals, whatever the Atul Gawande book was was, was happening in in that it referenced Sorry, it. Sorry, I can't and help the, you. And the Christian no, <laughs> and the Christian response was oftentimes um, negative towards that because it felt like she's choosing to control her own death, and I don't mm-hmm. think that that's an option that we get out of respect for a sanctity of life issue. And so there was controversy over that, and I understand that I'm not for physician assisted suicide. Although what I found was a lot of my Christian friends who are in the medical field had lots of sympathy in that and was trying to communicate to people, this is a nuanced position, and you have to take into account some factors on this. And I don't think that the rubber stamp, the only religious way to do this properly is to fight at all costs. Like there's there's a way in which you say, let nature take its course and and let's figure this out. You know, yeah, so. and like all complicated things, when an institution takes a stand, you're automatically not right. Like, you can't put a black and white stamp on something that's not black and white. Yeah, like human and humanity and all of the things that we deal with are so complex, and the complexity is so nuanced. When you are like, "This is the right answer," you're automatically wrong. Yeah, I don't care what you say the right answer is. You are wrong because we are so much more complicated and the universe and God is so much more complicated and vast and nuanced than any one right answer that we as humans can say. Mm -hmm. And I don't care how many years of theology you study or what you think is right. When you say this is the right answer and this is the only right answer and I will never change my mind on this, you have just proven yourself wrong. (laughs) And like that is true for all parts, including death. Like how, like how arrogant of you to say, you know, the right way to die. That's no. Yeah. I can't ever know the right way to die. 
Because well, I haven't died yet. At the very, at the very beginning of the talk, I said yeah. even like David's response to death was multivaried, and you asked, you know, you know like again, you never know exactly. Everybody has a game plan until they get punched in the mouth. Like you don't really know yeah. how this is gonna, how I'm gonna. And deal like with. grief is so complex and so yeah. varying and so different, and yeah. like honestly, mo- like I've lost all of my grandparents at this point, um, and. I have grieved for them before they died more than I ever grieved for them after they died. Yeah, okay. And like, were most of them drawn out? Like, you yeah, got a chance most of to them, say goodbyes and uh, do all that yeah, kind of stuff? Yeah, most of them were like a little longer. Um, my two grandfathers died a little more suddenly, like, had kind of an accident, and then it was like a month, and then they'd passed away. Yeah. Um, but my grandmothers, like, you know, they, it was a little bit more drawn out. Um, but like, so I, because of that, I grieved for them more before they died ever than I did after. Yeah. doesn't mean I wasn't sad or I wasn't like going through those sure. thoughts or processes after they passed away. But like a lot of the like hard emotions happened beforehand. Yeah. Which meant that after they died, I could find the joy in their life and the joy in who they were in my life. And so... You know, I don't like there's no right answer for yeah. that. And you know, like complete transparency, I'm 35, you're 39. What the hell do we know about mortality? <laughs> right? Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know anything. We're not like that's not something that's something I've just started dealing with. Right. And like someone in their 60s, 70s, 80s, this is a whole different conversation and a whole different perspective. A hundred percent. But I do think that there's that there is value as a thirty mid thirties. Oh yeah, I'm not saying we're not. This see, isn't see I valuable. I associated us as the same age group, <laughs> even though you're no, almost forty. I, I, but I, I think that that's what's missing. Like I think that that's a s- distinct thing that's missing from a lot of conversations about with people our age. We're just set on where should I invest? How do I make sure that I'm riding the stock market the right way? Am I going to have enough for retirement? Am I going to have enough for this? Right. I mean, that's our, I could argue though, like thinking about those things is, is in a way thinking about starting to think about your mortality, right? Like, cause I know the fact that I won't be able to keep this level of income yes. my entire life. And like, yes. I like, okay, I need to plan for my like decline, right? Correct. Like I need to make sure I have the resources available so that, when I can't take care of myself anymore, I can have someone take care of me. Right. And like, so I, I do think like your thirties is like, you do start grappling with your mortality at a certain level. It is obviously not as immediate of a level as you get older and older. Like there's just like different, <laughs> different ways of understanding your mortality as you get older. So like there, like I do agree, like they need to be conversations and maybe they need to be more explicit conversations. Right. Like, but the minute you, cause I've said stuff like that before, like, oh, well I need to make sure that when I get dementia, I can like have someone take care of me. And like, people are like, oh, don't, they like, don't want to have, they don't want to engage in that conversation. Right. Yeah. And you know, I, like I say it half joking, half true, but like people shy, they like, like physically recoil from like engaging in that conversation. Yeah. And and maybe we shouldn't. Yeah. Right? Like Right. We're all going to die everyone. Like yeah. Yeah. newsflash, um you're going to die at some point and it's okay to talk about it. Yeah. It's okay to think about it. And maybe we'd be healthier and live a better life if we did. 100%. 
Yep. Right? I agree. That's that's why I wanted to do this series and what the process that I've been piecing through and the reality of, um, you know, there are uh, different ways in which this happens. And we oftentimes think it'll go fast, but it might not, you know, and, and it probably won't based on odds. Yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. It will be drawn out. You'll have a lot of time to process this kind of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, there may be a chance that this is all just a wasted endeavor for you, that it just, <laughs> it, it goes fast and you're like, well, that was stupid. I prepared a long time for this to be able to say things correctly. <laughs> um, and, and that's, that, that so is So don't life. wait, say it now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, as you go, say it as you go. Like, yeah. I don't know. I've gotten to the point where I don't end a conversation with my parents without telling them I love them. Yeah. Like I don't like I try and tell people what I feel and how I feel about them right away because you never know. You never know what's going to happen or how sure. things are going to shake out. Sure. So uh, I did go through and uh, on, on there uh, briefly. I didn't go into any verses on it, but First Thessalonians, the, the Thessalonian letter uh, of Paul's kind of talk on afterlife and what happens after this. These this group of people kind of. Really, not strangely obsessed because I think we're all obsessed. But they, they specifically, they must have probably had several prominent people in their leadership die or, or just good friends. It just seemed to be a, a on the top of their mind when as they. We don't have the letters that they wrote to Paul, but you can tell in the responses that he wrote that they seemingly were obsessed with this, and so he works this out uh, more so in this letter than he does in any other letter. And I thought that that was an interesting piece. I, I hope for a lot of people because I think. That if you say, all right, let's just look at what Jesus had to say about afterlife, rapture, uh, anything like that, there's just not a lot in there. It wasn't, a, you know, the Jewish idea of an afterlife wasn't really a thing, you know, until everyone saw Jesus' uh, resurrection and then go, I think that there's something in that. There's some, there's some key to that for us as well. And so it's not in the Gospels that you begin to see some of this, although Jesus would hint at, I am the resurrection, the life, and, and all of this kind of thing. Um, it really didn't become a part of theology or the church or the blessed hope until much after as they're making sense of what Jesus' life, death, resurrection means to us mm-hmm. as the people who are associated with his name. Um, and so I think that that's a good thing. And I also think it's important to know, I think that Paul was working through his own thoughts as he's writing this too. As I read it and I'm, I'm reading through it, it's, it's like he says one thing here and then in Corinthians he'll say a little bit different. He's He's making sense of this too. Yeah. Like, this is my best guess. And do I think that Paul was inspired by the Spirit to be able to write some of this? Of course. But do I think that there's not some of his humanity going, um, well, my best guess on the, in the same way that when my k- kids look up at the stars at night and go, Dad, what is that? How did shooting stars work? I'm like, well, here's my <laughs> best guess. It's a, you know, it's a dying star that has blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's not actually. A yeah, star, yeah, but- thanks, Megan. <laughs> We've covered it. Golly. Frick. Um, okay. Uh, I, in response to my kids asking questions, you should just specific like, science stuff, any science questions your kids ask Wikipedia, you, just, just be like, Wikipedia. go talk to Miss Megan. Go watch Go ask Miss Megan. You're going to do it anyways. <laughs> With London, it'll be pretty easy next All year. You can say. be like, just go to Miss Beauchamp's classroom and that's ask right. her. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> All that to say, you give your best guess on some stuff. You're probably in the ballpark on something. You're like, not like... Well, what that is, it's it's a unicorn floating. You know, I mean, you know, it's not like I'm not way off, but I'm also like, uh, I mean, you're still not working on stuff. Anyway, I might be way off on. This. <laughs> it's not an actual star. I, Just FYI. Thanks. It's a meteor. Meteor. That's. I it's love burning it. Burning in the atmosphere. Thank you. You're welcome. That's good. 
we talked last week about your science stuff and, yeah. and me snoring. And then you, what's the first thing you said in the office this week when you came in? Um, I had a very you know, interesting. Brienne really liked my stuff. Okay. I know you fell asleep with this. But she really she liked was it. asking me so many questions about my research, Good. and she didn't make snoring noises once. Brent Johnson, Good. I am interesting. You She's just so are unevolved. She's much nicer than me. We all know that. That is a known fact. <laughs> that is a proven fact. She asked follow up questions. It wasn't just. She, she was genuinely interested. Of course she did. I love it. Good. Uh, anything else that stood out to you in in terms of the message um, or the series or anything? I think it's your last chance to talk about this before we because you know I'm gonna finish the series. There's more parts of the series, <laughs> but we're not gonna talk about it. Um, I I liked the first part of that Timothy verse. He said that I'm already being poured out. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul talking about like so when we are reaching the end, when you're figuring out where where is that point where I stop fighting and just live, right? Um, stop fighting to live and then just live until it's over. Like you're already, if you've been living your life with Christ, you're already pouring yourself out. And so it's that recognizing, maybe it's that recognizing, okay, this is the last bit. Like this is the last part of the vessel or whatever. And not trying to pour, not trying to put more in, but just being like, I'm not going to degrade what I have left and I'm going to give the fullness of what I have left. Yeah. Um, And is that... You know, I would maybe argue that's more honoring to God than trying to fight for something that isn't your fullest. Yeah. So obviously that decision is a personal decision that you make with like you and your family and your doctors yep. and all of that jazz. And and him saying him the full context of that being I spent my life doing what I feel like God was calling me to do. Yeah. Right. Um, I've lived a pretty dang good life. I've tried to live it to the best of, of my ability. He doesn't list his accomplishments necessarily. Like you don't hear him saying, "I started twenty-seven churches." <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, I don't know. Have this much money. I've got thirteen letters that made it into the New Testament. That's going to yeah. be canonized in about yeah. four hundred years. Not that he would even know that, anyways. <laughs> but um, he's not including any of those details. Just being like, I spent my life doing what I feel like. God assigned to me mm-hmm. and all the different responsibilities. And uh, and now we go. Yeah. Now we move on from there. Yeah. So it's good. Cool. All right. That series is going to continue this weekend. So uh, we'd love to have you back. And uh, we do the one, o'clock, one 10 o'clock service. We did have a couple people. I was in the lobby this Sunday at 829. Well, more like 839 probably. Mm-hmm. And watched a few people kind of wander in and go, man, there's just not a lot of people here today. <laughs> And uh, I'd have to break the news to them that you need to come back in about an hour and a half. So um, just as a reminder, in case, you know, if you're listening to this, you're probably clued in enough anyways. But uh, one service for the summer, uh, which is going to extend through September 4th, which is also going to play into the schedule for this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, So we will be back on uh, the week following that. When we go back to our two services on September 11th, we will be back recording. Uh, We've typically taken this month off just as a a breather for us Mm -hmm. and a, a change in season. And you have some school stuff that this is a busy season for you as you finish up your grant stuff and then get back. Yeah, into the I mean, school it's mode. like kind of finishing up, but because I'm doing it next summer. Like, oh, that's right. It's not like 
but uh, but finishing finishing it, you know but, yeah. even before school starts like yeah. what you go back a what a week two a week weeks before yeah a week before yeah. and and getting the classroom ready and doing all the yep. stuff it's just a busy time so yeah. it's a good break for you good break for me uh we'll be back doing this uh normal before we go one last uh something interesting yeah. before the big break so yeah. um i open you go first yeah okay so this is about humpback whales and killer whales um, so this is from Radio Lab, which is one of my favorite podcasts. And I listened to it yesterday morning while I was mowing the lawn. Um, and apparently there are some humpback whales that will like protect other animals that mammal eating killer whales are trying to eat. Mm. So there have been several scientists, like whale researchers, who have watched humpback whales like protect a seal, protect a gray whale baby, just protect all sorts of different animals from killer whales. From those bully orcas? Yeah, from the orcas. To the one one witnessed, like one of the stories they talked about that they witnessed um was they the orcas were going after a gray whale baby. And they actually killed the gray whale baby, but the humpback whale stayed for like seven hours to stop the killer whales from eating it. So the baby's dead, but the humpback whales are still there, like huh. preventing the killer whales from eating it. And they scientists like have no idea why they are doing this. They think it's some sort of like, um, they think it's like a, cause they do that to protect their own young. Cause killer, like mammal eating killer whales will um, go after humpback babies as well. Sure. Um, but they also have noticed that a lot of the humpback whales that do this behavior, particularly the like extended protected time, have evidence of like previous killer whale attacks. And so like maybe it's also like they've been attacked by a killer whale or they've lost a baby to a killer whale. And so that like influences how much they engage in this process and like all that stuff. But it's really, really interesting, and scientists are still kind of like confused about it because they don't, they can't quite see the benefit to the humpback whale yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, or like completely, like they see parts of it, but not all of it. And so it's just like I don't know. It's like a really interesting thing, and you know, just like uh, another reminder that we don't know anything. Sure. Um, yeah. just like we see a really small percentage of what happens in these animals' lives when they're at the surface, but we don't know and we don't see so many other things that are going on. And so like, it's just this, like, I don't know, it's always fun in science when a new question happens or you see part of something, but you can't fully understand what's going on yet. It just... And it makes me excited. Did I tell you that we went to the lighthouse on San Juan Island? When yeah, I we think were? so. Okay, and then they have the little chart, the little graph of the when whales come by. Yeah, yeah. A little, little calendar. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. And yeah. there, there were some humpback whales on that calendar. Not as many, yeah. obviously, yeah. Uh, in that area, but um, I've fun. seen um, I've seen a humpback whale in this in the Puget Sound. Like I've seen it breach in the Puget Sound before. Yeah. There's like a one or two pods of orcas that are just kind of resident in the sound. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Uh, so mine, uh, has to do with, uh, it's, it's, uh, August, right? So yeah, technically, um, yeah. You know what that means, right? Football season <laughs> oh, is almost yeah. upon us again. 
Pre-season and football, football in two ways. One, uh, football <laughs> in the way that the world sees it, in, in that the uh, like English Premier football. League starts mm-hmm. on Friday. Mm-hmm. Arsenal kicks it off at Crystal Palace, which is exciting. That's my my brother-in-law and brother, I'm sure, are very excited. I'll be watching that. Um, and then, But also, like, NFL football. And, yeah. and training camp has been going on. I saw a picture of the Seahawks training camp recently. That, Ooh, it's going to be different this, this year. Week. It's going to be very different this year. <laughs> A lot of different faces on there. Uh-huh. Uh, but then what training camp also means is one of our favorite shows of the entire calendar year. It's oh, yeah. only a six-episode, five-episode thing, but it's called Hard Knocks. Uh, and the training camp is with the Detroit Lions this oh, year. Oh, okay. And the first episode airs next Tuesday, uh, Tuesday the 9th. And so um, if you haven't, if you've never watched one of these shows, I believe some of the old seasons, which I don't know if, if that would even be fun. Because you already know what happens to that team that year. Um, but anyways, uh, it, it is a great kind of glimpse into the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. It really humanizes a lot of the players. You begin, to, you begin to like their personalities, which makes you cheer for them more. You're like, I didn't think I would be a, a – Det- I, like, I don't know really anybody on the Detroit Lions. Like, but <laughs> at the end of this, I'm going to be like, I like that guy. He was, yeah. he was funny. He was great. His personality is fantastic. Um, so check that out. It is on HBO – um, and so you, while you're there, you can watch the rehearsal that we <laughs> talked about last week, which episode three aired last night. I told you it was so good. It's such a great show. Um, and, uh, and then check out Hard Knocks while you're nice. at it. And next Tuesday in the evening. So there you go. Cool, cool. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of Say Something Interesting. We appreciate uh, you taking the time to listen to this, however you do that. And uh, if you're in the Tri-Cities on Sundays, we'd love to have you in person at 10 a.m. Or if you're outside of the Tri-Cities or just camping and doing whatever, you can always watch us on our live stream or on our app on replay. Other than that, have a great week. We will see you back on September the 12th. Yeah, bye, everyone. Bye.